Welcome to episode 180 of the McSauce Comic Book Podcast. My name is Paul McGinty. With me, as always, are Ian the Sauce Sharply. Hello. And Matt the Madman Casal. Hello. It is January 30th, and tonight we're going to talk a little bit about why Ian never went to the theater to see the Star Wars special edition. Persecution! So Fucking spring them up! We're going to review the Riverdale pilot from the uh, CW. And I think that I think that's it for the docket tonight. Matt, you seem like you had some comic book sales heat that you might want to cover. Is that right? Am I reading too much into pregame? Well, yeah. Well, before we started recording, we were talking about the top 100 comics on the Diamond Comics distributors list for December 2016. And uh, yeah, we can get into it just a little bit. Uh, we noticed some. Interesting patterns, if you will. Okay. Uh, is that where you'd like to start after housekeeping? Yeah. Yeah, why don't we yeah. do that? Let's, let's get into it after housekeeping with Ian Sharpley. You can find all of the McSauce goodness here at McSauce.com. Check us out on Facebook, Facebook slash McSauce. You can also find the podcast on the iTunes network. Stitcher Radio, Podomatic, or the old school episodes on mcsaucepodcast.libsyn.com. So you guys were getting into some sales charts, uh, how Marvel's doing, how DC's doing, what the top 20's looking like. Uh, I was out of the room for most of that. So Matt, what did Mm -hmm. you find? Well, I found that um, while Marvel is has books in the top 100 all over the place. Um, they don't have the dominance that they had just a couple years ago when um, they probably had a two-to-one lead on DC. Um, but what I noticed was that any Marvel book that's in the top... Uh, what is it? The top 13? Top 15... No, wait. Top 23, Ian. Top 22. I'll get it eventually. <laughs> I would say just... This is really go, small go print, with, okay? Go with um, the majority of the books that Marvel has that dominate the top 50 are either gimmicky number one titles or Star Wars properties. Uh, well, number one or number two. Number one or number two. So just starting off kind of right. new, fresh. Or Star Wars. Um, air book. quotes, fresh right. the, ideas. The first Marvel book that falls into, or that doesn't fall into that category of either a Star Wars book or a number one or number two is at number 22. That's Amazing Spider-Man number 22. And then you have Guardians of the Galaxy number 15 at 23. But then after that, we're back into the, you know, number one, number two, like Nova, number one, uh, Star-Lord, number one, The Unworthy Thor, number two. The Unworthy Thor. I'm just going I'm in order I'm assuming that that's Chi- the then, actual Thor that we're talking about. Correct. So, um, I think I, I came back into the room and you said the, the longest running book in like the top 20 or whatever is Guardians of the Galaxy 23? No, no, no. At Uh, at number 15? No, you have that reversed. It's number 15 at number 23, but you actually have the Amazing Spider-Man number 22 at 22, position of 22. And that's that's still the Dan Slott Spider-Man where he's got the glowing chest and the spider car and the glowing eyes. And uh, Peter Parker is not... The Everyman. Peter the, Parker, LLC? Yeah, Peter right. Parker's not the, the Peter Parker that is our entryway. Exactly. Uh, the guy that we can all relate to. He is a billionaire playboy. Right? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I thought we already had a few of those. Well, we did, but Tony Stark is now uh, the essence in a computer program. He doesn't oh, really cool. exist. Because uh, they want P- or Iron Man to be a woman uh, and not Tony Stark. Uh, the the fake Spider-Man, the fake Peter Parker, Miles Morales, um, comes in at number... Fleeter Flarker? What? Fleeter Flarker? <laughs> <laughs> the fake one? <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, that comes in at number 58. Spider-Man <clears throat> number 10. It, it's just... It, it doesn't look real good for Marvel. People don't care. There's no staying power with any of these Marvel books. 
You know, I've got friends that that own comic book stores and they are absolutely horrified at their piss poor Marvel sales. And I was really curious if that was just a reflection of their stores or if it was more rampant than that. So I looked up this list of the top 100 and it definitely seems like there's something to it. Like that's not an isolated thing with those two stores. You know, both of the stores talk about their their struggles because of poor sales, which is due to Marvel. Both of the stores are doing great with DC, and uh, they're both doing poorly with Marvel. And, you know, it's not a coincidence that Marvel's putting out terrible comics right now. Um, so, there you have it. Yeah, I... <clears throat> it doesn't seem like... like I, don't, I don't know what... I expect Marvel to hit the brakes on some of this stuff and backtrack once they get to a point where they can't ignore the numbers anymore. But I think they're there. I don't you feel like these numbers are pretty alarming? Well, clearly not because this is still Marvel's game plan. And we're also kind of taking a uh, uh, sort of like a we're, we're kind of dissecting it the the details and the facts of this up a little bit. Yes, these these original properties or long-running titles aren't hitting the mark, but those number ones that we dismiss as gimmicks are still the up, you know, number 2 book uh in humans v X-Men right. is the number 2 book in uh December. So there's still ma- Civil War number 2 Number eight. <laughs> number two, number eight. See, you fucking... Civil War number two is such a joke. But that that's up there at the top. The Star Wars books, which we are also dismissing, they take up a good chunk of the top 20. So I think while Marvel is not dominating the sales like we are accustomed to them dominating the sales, they still have their books that are selling well for them. Um... Yeah, that true, but you know, what let me ask you this, Ian, like what position is um is Gamora going to be in in 2 months? Like do you, I mean, that's it number gonna 19 be, at number 1. How what, many months are you talking? Are you talking maybe what? What 6 two months? months when two, it gets to number 3. That book's not even going to be in the top 50. But then you give it two more months, it'll be number 1 again because we're just going to refresh. That's Marvel's theory. Dude, I'm telling you, the readers are going to get fatigued. They're already getting fatigued. These number ones aren't like at, in the top 10. They're down in the teens and the 20s. Like, this is a problem. I don't disagree with you, Matt. I'm just saying that I still see them having spots in the top 20 and making their money. Not as dominantly as they once were, but they still... There's, they still are placing on the list. Yeah, they are. They are. But I mean, because I believe that they're, um, that their placing on the list is due to gimmickry. I don't think that this is going to last. You know, if we look yeah. at this list in in two more months, uh, Marvel doesn't have a ton of new number ones on the docket. Uh, I I know that they just announced about what about fifteen new titles that they're going to be coming out with in April, um, and many of which don't look all that great. Like we're getting yet another Nick Fury series. We're getting um, a, a second typical Marvel fashion. We're getting a second uh, Black Panther title because. You know, the the regular one is doing so well at, where does Black Panther fall? I think it's down there, but I have heard critical acclaim for that title now. I haven't read it, but historically... Black Panther really... is at number 61. Yeah, that's pretty far down there. So, so but... I know. Let's take the number 61 selling comic book and let's do a second series with that character because that's what everybody wants. Clearly not. Clearly not. Well, what would you? What's your prescription for Marvel's? Oh, it's obvious, Ian. You know this. I know. Well, I'm I'm asking you as devil's advocate. The dear, the dear listeners know it. Do they? Of course they do. What? Please. 
our audience. Am I insulting our audience? Yeah, of course you are. It's my job, you numbnuts. Look, the solution is simple. Just get back to basics. Just tell compelling stories with the real characters. End of story. Like, I don't know how many times these companies have to learn their lesson. You know, putting imposters in the costume can spike sales for a little bit. But, um, you know, Jean-Paul Valley taught us that that is not the formula for lasting success. Um, and also, foil embossed, chrome covers, polybagged uh, issues, that is not a lasting formula for success. A lasting formula for success is consistent creators that are telling consistently good stories with characters that are tried and true that we like. It's not that difficult. It's not. And there's room for multiple characters. There's room for two thought, Captain Americas. I thought there could Iron only Man. be there there can only be one or there can be only one. There can be only There one. can be there can be multiples, but the way Marvel does it, Marvel doesn't see it like that. You know, DC looks at it like, you know, these characters have a legacy. That's why we have, you know, a Nightwing or, uh, you know, a Red Robin or Robin. We've got a Wally West. You know, we have Wonder Girl. There are legacy characters and Marvel doesn't do that. Marvel's like, nope, we can only have one Spider-Man and that's Miles Morales. Nope, we can only have one Thor. That's Jane Foster. Like, there's plenty of room. And yeah, all those characters still exist, but the focus on the, the sales and the promotion it's never on Peter Parker anymore. It's never on, you know, what the fuck is Thor's real name? Or his, his, real, his real name's Thor. What's Thor. His, his other name? Uh, shoot. What Clark is, Duke? Yeah, Clark Duke. <laughs> Get shit on him. What time. is his real name? Uh, Why can't I remember that? I, in he, my never, head you, now, he never uses it. It's like a weird... Yeah, yeah, they they do use it in the movie. I forget because he just steals a tag off of uh, some yeah. orderlies. <laughs> yeah, and like chest. there's there's room for all of, all of these characters to exist, but it's they just like Mar- Marvel doesn't seem to want that. Like Marvel wants they're doing a thing now and they're committed to that thing, and that's what we're stuck with. And you know, at some point, I'd like to think the sales are going to reflect that. That's not how they're going to best run Marvel comics. Yeah, it's it's a shame. Uh Paul, have you seen the um the the list of upcoming Marvel books for April? Uh, I don't think I have. Um I'm trying to pull it up right now uh because it's it's really underwhelming. Uh I'd like to share it with you if I if I may. Um. Yeah, Black Panther: The Crew, number one. Um. We have uh, what else do we have here? X Men Blue, number one. X Men is, is that where the X Men get electrical powers? I don't know, but that's where Marvel gets a book in their. Uh, is that where the top they, 10. they get a new host of Pokemon to go catch? Yeah, well, then you got X-Men Gold, number one. Yes, yes. I mean, come on. Um, let's let's not be silly. We know that the X-Men Blue and Gold teams are from the 90s. You got... Tried uh, and true tradition. All oh, new Wolverine, Weapon X. Are you behind this, Ian? Are you, are you going to get these books? Here's, uh, one, here's one that Ian's going to be behind. Ben Riley, the Scarlet Spider, number one. Ah... Uh, the, the, we were just the first thing that drove me out of Marvel car- Comics loving arms. You got Royals number one. What's uh, Royals? Is that an inhuman? Probably thing? inhumans. Uh, yeah, yeah, it is. Um, Nick Fury, Monsters Unleashed. Um, I guess these are just all Marvel solicitations. Champions number seven, Avengers number six. In- infamous Iron Man champions. You mean Mark Wade's political crusade? Yeah, uh, Occupy Avengers. Jesus, Occupy Avengers. Oh no, uh, Captain America. Sam Wilson. You know, because everybody wants that. You know, nobody <clears throat> wants Steve Rogers. Not good enough. Look, I get, I get. You know where where Marvel's going, and they're like, you know, we are. You know, we're progressive enough that Captain America is a strong black man, but. Like, isn't it kind of cooler if Sam Wilson carves out his own niche 
as the Falcon, and he is his own man. He's not living under Whitey's legacy. He can be his own guy, right? I thought that we all agreed that Falcon was really cool in the in the movie, and it was an awesome hero to to have and see. That, He's and a cool, what? unique Who, individual character. He's his own character, uh, Anthony Mackie. Yeah. Anthony Mackie. I was gonna say Papa Doc because I'd that's never, how I always remember him. From I'd Eight never, Mile, I'd never seen Anthony Mackie in anything before. Eight Mile. He's great. Okay, well, I've never, I never saw that, but um, how dare you? I never saw him in anything until. Uh, what Captain America two right? That was when he first appeared. Yeah, and he's been so good in it, and I've seen him in a number of things, and he is such a likable guy, such a likable actor. I like him in everything. When I see him, I'm like, that's probably gonna be good because he's in it. I feel like he alone brought so much life into that character Falcon that it's such a disservice to that character now. That they're not trying to push forward with it. Instead, they're making him Captain America. It's just I, ridiculous. I agree. Anyway, I I'm sorry we got off on such a tangent on that. I, that's not really the point of tonight's show. Um, but anyway, April solicitations look terrible for Marvel. So things are not looking any rosier. You know, they're going to get those X Men books in the top ten. Uh, probably Weapon X in the top ten. But you know, Wolverine's still a woman. Um, <laughs> How dare they! Wolverine. Shoot me if I want my Wolverine to be the, you know, Logan. And not like the old crusty version that was from some Elseworlds story. Well, I want the real fucking Logan. We get Logan the movie in March. There's no hint or signs in any of those X-Men books that we're going to get the regular version of Wolverine. I would think... Because even though it's old man Logan, he's not that old in the movie. You would think that they'd be giving us a version that's similar to the movie version. Isn't that what comic books do? They they freak out and pivot and do whatever the movies are doing? Yes. Although I don't think that uh, the comics are taking a whole lot of cues from a franchise that feels kind of handcuffed. Uh, I don't remember them taking Silver Samurai and turning him into that monstrosity that we had in the Wolverine. Well, we did get the Grant Morrison black leather version yeah, dude, of okay. X-Men. Yeah, okay, in 2000. Come on, that was I'm 17 not, I'm not years ago. I'm not busting your balls, I'm just you're saying. Play, you're, you're doing a little I'm, too much devil's advocate right now. No, 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 I'm just bringing up a example. I mean, this is... I mean, the, you're bringing I, up an example is, I wasn't being is fucking, a, a generation old. And, this is vintage, Ian. This is Ian yeah, this on is, point. This I will is, be like Ian. You love and would do anything for your mother. And he'll fight me on it. Well, because that is know. vintage <laughs> Ian. Yeah. I mean So I, Matt, that statement's false. He's just, <laughs> he's just as irritating as ever. <laughs> it's just that it's directed at you, so this is great. <laughs> I don't think I was being unfair. You're uh, I don't think I was being unfair. I was bringing up. I wasn't he even likes being, a bit of sport. Time out, time out. I wasn't even being confrontational. I just brought up an example. It, we know. It's, it's, oh, is that is that bad? It's in your nature. In, okay, it's an example. It's a it's a fair example. It, I can't deny the fact that the comic books went with black leather for their X Men after the movie. Let's put it in context. It was seventeen years ago. It was the first major superhero movie from Marvel, and they haven't taken that many cues as of well that's not entirely true um but that particular devil's advocate yourself that particular one was a really long time can i go even further back the batman they put them all in black after batman 89 they did they did I'm I, not trying to be an asshole. I'm just saying I, I, that from time to time they do take their cues. Right. Well, okay. So the X-Men was a pretty pretty substantial success for what it was at the time. Batman 89 was a world beater. Of course they're going to take mm-hmm. cues from things like that. Like X-Men was Marvel's biggest cinematic success ever. Um, they're not going to take cues from a movie that might not even open it like number one that weekend. People are fucking like 
there's been two Wolverine movies and they've both been real mediocre. I don't think anyone's excited about Logan. Like not not like they would be excited about, you know, the new Marvel offering in May or something like that. That's why we're getting a March release. That's not an accident. They're not gonna they're not gonna de age Wolverine all you of a sudden. You can fight. Keep that's what you do here. That's your job. I mean, I think you're doing a great job tonight. Don't let <clears throat> don't let him throw you off the rails. I mean, you are Ian Strong tonight. I'm cool. I'm cool. Bring it no, don't don't get butt hurt because we called hurt. you out for doing what you do best. I'm not butt hurt. I'm fine. What you do isn't very nice, but you do it well. Isn't I'm just, that hey, what, I'm, I'm just isn't reeling it, I'm reeling it back. Slogan? I'm trying not to... What's the other topic we're going to talk about I'm trying about not tonight, to fight Paul. with everybody. I'm just trying to be nice and... Get the fuck out of here. You nice love and, fighting nice with agreeable. everyone. Let's, oh, you what, love. What it you gets you raw What do you guys want to agree about next? Oh, well, I'll relight that fire because I texted... I texted our friend Justin tonight. And, Name dropper. Yeah, and uh, oh, you you can't leave for this. Okay. Hang out for a second. And so I've been balls deep in the Netflix Voltron series. Can I leave for this? Or? Yeah, you can leave for this. Okay, thanks. Loved season one. Loved it, couldn't get enough. Season two, even better. Burned through it and... Not as quick as Ian burned through it, but days. Well, days. the reason why I burned through seasons one and two in two days, and part of the reason, actually the whole reason, is because of your love and your consistent praise of Voltron. And like, and, and it's not that I'm not a Voltron fan, or I don't, I love Voltron. I just was kind of lukewarm on getting involved in it. And once I really got going and deep into the episodes... It's it's a captivating series. They do a lot of interesting twists with some of the characters. I thought, um, and and even adding new characters like Shiro. I think that we've talked about on the podcast yeah. before. The new black line, the new the new Sven Paladin. Sven two I feel like he's more he's his own character. He's he's more central to the oh ab- to the absolutely journey. absolutely I don't you know I don't think Sven makes three episodes of the original series no. before he disappears. But I think they also were were able to maintain some of the characteristics of the original series. Keith is still my favorite character, even though he's not the leader. Uh, he, but he's still like bold and brash and heroic, even being like sort of like a second in command kind of character. Yeah, um, I I finished up I finished up season two yesterday, and I started rewatching season one today. Mm-hmm. I fucking love this show. I have to fucking wholeheartedly agree with you. I love it. I'm so upset that I couldn't jump right into a season three. Me, yeah, right. Me too. I feel like, and I, though uh, I, I'm not willing to wholeheartedly commit to this statement. I feel like I need to do some, some, a little bit of research, some more watching. Uh, of some things need needs to be done, but this may be my favorite animated series of all time. It's, it is so that, that's fucking bold. good. That's the voice bold. acting is incredible. Tyler Labine as Hunk is a gift. He's pretty funny. I like the voice I like acting. What they do with Hunk is is spot on. The way they weave the story. I I I went back. I watched the first episode from season one, and there are tons of clues. In that first episode, as to what goes on later on in the series. Oh yeah, I have to rewatch. I I even like I like a lot of the you mentioned the voice acting and the the comedy there. I like the physical comedy that they provide Lance, where he gets a lot of um, where he'll he'll be talking about somebody and they'll change his face. <laughs> it's the well it's it's that it's that anime style. Yeah, it's that weird like kind of like cutscene kind of style too. And yeah, and I'm not an anime guy, but the way they use it in this Voltron series for comedic purposes, like I will I will laugh out loud at parts. Like I I texted Justin uh well actually I forgot to text it to him, but a screen cap tonight. He'll of, hear it. In the first episode whenever they they go to find the, the blue line. They all slide down this this you know wet tunnel, 
And like Pidge is on Hunk's shoulders, like pulling his hair. And the the way they draw Hunk's face is so fucking crazy <laughs> that you can only get away with that if you're doing the show in an anime. Overly and there's a lot of that stuff yeah. that is so fucking funny. But you know, aside from that stuff, like the heart is so genuine. The story is so good. It it it, it takes all of the good things from the original series and just makes them better. Yeah. It just builds on it. And like I'm I'm even, in on it this e- fucking It even show. makes like when they finally get around to saying Robeasts, you're in with it. You you feel like, well yeah, that's exactly what's chasing after us. The brilliance of Tyler Labine. <laughs> Dale of Tucker and Dale versus Evil fame. Or from the short-lived Reaper series. Oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah. So uh yeah, I I feel like I need to I, I need to go back and rewatch some Batman the animated series. Well because that is the gold standard of animated television. And you don't get to animated series without that Batman show. What I ended up doing is I transitioned right into Justice League and I'm I'm planning on watching Justice League Justice League Unlimited and then going into Young Justice, which I thought was a really High quality show, yeah. That did a lot of great things. I'd have to put, man, I'd have to put the Green Lantern animated series up there as well as some really well written, yeah, uh, written animation. And that's that's without me being a Green Lantern homer. That series was so well done. Only two seasons, I think it was only twenty four episodes. Seasons, yeah, but. Oh, so good. And all those cartoon seasons have weird starts and stops. I think they had the first two episodes during Christmas, but then they delayed the rest of the episodes yeah. until like mid-spring or something and weird. I've been wa- and that I've kills been, the momentum that a show can have. I've been watching Justice League action, and it's it's neat, but it well, I've I've been missing the first three, four minutes of every episode because even though I set the DVR to tape it when it starts, the way fucking Cartoon Network and all those fucking Cartoon Networks run, they just play shit whenever they feel like playing it. So I've I've been missing missing the the beginning of episodes and it's it's neat. You know, it's cool like having Kevin Conroy back, but it's a little too elementary. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing because I tried watching, I think it was the second episode and it has Lobo the main yeah, man chasing yeah. after Superman. I love and seeing old school Lobo back though. I, yeah, I mean I like that. I like his design and and but I it it like you said, it's 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 a kid's show. It's clearly yeah, for children and you never got that with Batman the animated series, the Superman animated series or Justice League. Those were while they were cartoons, I feel like they had a mature uh, twist to them right not mature like you get to see wonder woman fucking somebody but mature as in <laughs> they handled the series with grace and and uh sincerity yeah uh voltron's absolute this voltron legendary defender series it's absolutely in the top three it's that batman and the green lantern animated series they were so well done and green lantern animated series did a lot of things better than the jeff johns comic you're, and you're, that is my gold yeah. standard for a comic book run. You're also leaving out, and I haven't watched a lot of this, but the new Ninja Turtles oh, series. Oh, fuck. And that's, Jesus, always, yeah. that's another one that you always have yeah, high praise yeah. for. Um, not, yeah, yeah, it is. It's super great. Uh, the only downfall of that Ninja Turtles series is that, is that it's been on long enough to jump the shark a little bit. Yeah. They've done some crazy, weird stuff on there that I think I think you could have eliminated an entire season of that. Oh. And it would have been a little better for it. Some of that stuff is so hard to find. Like I can't track down those episodes. I don't know if it's because it's on Nickelodeon or what. It's but. the fucking it's like kids programming. Like yeah. it's so hard to get it is. It's it's hard to find like the complete collection of that stuff. Try to find the complete collection of Adventure Time. Yeah, impossible. Uh, I think you have to. You they have it on DVD. You can buy it that way, but you can't stream it anywhere, or at least anywhere that I know. Right, love. right. So, Matt, you've been awfully quiet over there. Ugh. Why don't Why don't you lead us? Well, th- I'm surprised that you just woke up because you've seen a lot of this stuff that we've talked about. Uh, you know, you've seen 
Batman, the animated series, Justice League, Justice League Unlimited. You've seen some Turtles episodes. You haven't watched Voltron yet. Right. Um, but you you know some animation. You're yeah. no stranger to the the genre. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to lead us into our review of the Rivertown pilot? Yeah, why don't I? Well, I, I feel like you should since you're our resident Archie expert. Yeah, that is a really unfair uh, description of, of me because, you know, maybe I've read four Archie comics compared to your zero or right. one. Uh, it, it Look... You've read more Archie than Ian and I. I think Ian and I both got the Mark Wade Fiona Staples number one. That's it. That's the only Archie book I've ever read. Okay. But the character in the world has been around long enough, and being a comic book fan, like I know who Kevin Keller is. Like I know the relationships between Archie and Veronica and Betty and stuff. And there's some, you know, B-listers like Cheryl Blossom and Josie and the Pussycats, but. You get the idea of the world, but you've act you've delved deeper into Archie than we have. I guess a little bit, you know. I read Afterlife with Archie, which is kind of like the uh, I don't know what you would call it, like an Elseworlds thing where the entire town of Riverdale is overcome with zombies. Uh, and then I read the Fiona Staples and uh, Mark Wade one. Um, and then I read some classic ones. It, like my, it like my extensive Archie library really isn't that extensive. But uh, I did kind of like know who was who when I watched the show. I was able to kind of like point out who was who, um, and that's where my problems start. <laughs> uh, I really struggled um, seeing the comic book counterparts in the cast. I really felt like. Well, to be blunt, I think everyone was just poorly cast. But I think that that might come from the fact that this execution of that universe, that world, it's just not for me. It's not even close to the to the portrayal that I would want to see. I think that it is so far removed from what I would be interested in watching. Uh that it was almost unrecognizable. So for some Archie background, yeah, uh, Archie is absolutely Norman Rockwellian slice of life. Yeah, um, very. Which I'm probably a bigger fan of that that slice of life. Right. That that kind of like um, very. Uh, very PG. Very PG, very character-driven kind of stuff where it's not like large plots. I think you can tell better stories when they're even smaller and more intimate. And, um, you know, it doesn't have to be the, the old Archie comics um, that, you know, that our parents grew up probably reading. It can be... Um, it can be the Mark Wade world that retains some of those innocent qualities but still kind of brings it into a modern age. This Right, because the the Mark Wade the Mark Wade book uh, it was too PG for me. But it did bring it into a modern world, but it retained its sense of humor. Like there was it had a sense of humor. And uh yeah, it was it was a it was a light story because Archie is always a light story. Um so whenever this CW show starts and one of the characters has been murdered and Archie may be the murderer. You're, you're, oh, we know by the end of the episode, we know Archie's not the murderer, but you're already like, oh, what? It's, it's just wacky. It's kind of like skirting the line between what the Mark Wade series is and what the afterlife with Archie is, and it's kind of like somewhere in between them, and and those are two really big extremes. But while trying to kind of balance in between the two, it it ends up like kind of being so much worse than either one. Like I don't feel like you can try to be both and be effective. 
Um, if they had just gone balls out and were like, yeah, let's do zombies. We'll do Archie with zombies. Just like the comic book, I'd be like, all right, cool, do it. Well, the Mark Wade, the Mark Wade book is probably the best blend of classic, you know, good timey, super like G rated Archie, right? Blended with some more modern sensibilities. Agreed. The um, the current TV show isn't a blend of anything. I mean, it's it's not. It, it takes the names and the locations and red hair and tries to like play it like oh yeah this is archie well no not really oh no. not at all not 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 at all and I, i'm not even all that i'm not even like that familiar like i'm familiar enough with the world but i don't i don't read the books but i it's clear this is not the comic books and i come from a world that the tv show is built on you know i'm familiar with gossip girl I've I watch Pretty Little Liars. Yeah, of course. I've seen The Lion Game. Like I'm in, to I'm into all that stuff. This, like yeah, like I I'm I'm into that genre of of television. Yep. You know, teen drama. I'm in. Switched yep. at birth. Fosters. Yep. I'm in. And I'm I may be in on Riverdale, but it's because of just that. I mean, it it nails it. It nails that kind of programming, but it could be any town, anywhere. Like, you don't need to put, implant the Archie characters into that show for it to be a teen drama show. It's it's such a shame because I feel like the Archie world is, is obviously, it's got legs. It's withstood the test of time. There's something special about it if it's done this well and they're still making Archie things but for them to feel the need to turn this into the Vampire Diaries meets Archie or Teen Wolf meets Archie it, it's just it's so unnecessary I feel like these characters are so strong they would have been more well suited if they had played it a little bit closer to their their comic book roots well um, I've I haven't seen Jane the Virgin but Jane the Virgin is like Jane the Virgin, much like Heart of Dixie was. They are a, it's just a good dramedy. And that's where I feel uh, that kind of show would have suited the Archie brand a lot more than Pretty Little Liars World. Because, like, it, there's one point in the show where uh, Jughead's doing, doing the narration throughout the episode. And he says something like, you know, the, you know, the rich, you know, like homie bucolic Riverdale has now become a haven of shadows and secrets. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, that's not Archie whatsoever. Mm -mm. No. But, but like, so like had they had the show, you know, just been like, you know, name some fucking little town. If it was like Altoona, the show. Right. Like. Yeah, you know, sure, whatever. Like these characters can be named whatever, but coming from a comic book background, even a background that's not as knowledgeable about really who these characters are from Archie as I am, it's just fucking jarring. Like seeing Archie in a secret tryst with his teacher, seeing him bone her brains out in the back of her vintage 70s Volkswagen Beetle. A very uncomfortable place. I'm yeah. like, holy fuck, Archie. The, yeah, Paul, I totally agree. This show would have been more well suited had they gone in the traditional slice of life direction. I think you can do it and be effective. I think of those kinds of things that I have really enjoyed with TV shows like um, the show Ed, where. Um, it was it was Tom Cavanaugh from The Flash was on it, and uh, that told a really great ensemble story. Uh, sitcoms like Roseanne, or um, like comic books like Little Depressed Boy, like these are all things that I really like. I really connect with them. I was telling you guys earlier that I watched uh, Juno, and Juno is another one of those kind of things. Totally character driven. 
small town. It's all about the characters. And this is all about horseshit teen drama with like writing that's too clever for the ineptitudes of these like half assed actors trying to deliver. It felt like some bullshit Kevin Smith movie as I was watching it with these with these actors trying to be so clever and witty. It was like Brian Michael Bendis put an earpiece in each one of them and was like, okay, now I want but you to that, see this. Right, but that's... I don't fault it for that because that's the genre. That's how these teen drama shows go. Lord help you that you actually enjoy these. Uh, yeah, and yeah, it's it's just it, it's entertaining. But I don't, you is know. It? Yeah, it? yeah. For me, it is. It's it's absolute. It's absolutely entertaining. It's just dumb stuff that I enjoy. Mm-hmm. But as far as like looking at it from that perspective, this show nailed it. Looking at looking at it from being uh, true to the Archie brand, failure. Yeah, it, I, I think it. I mean, it took little bits and pieces. Who's of that voice? The who is that? Is that Ian? I, am I allowed to? Am I allowed to talk? Am I allowed to say? He just was quiet for a little. bit. Yeah, go ahead, buddy. I I don't even remember what I was gonna say. Um, <clears throat> it took little bits and pieces of the of the franchise and. You know, twisted them around. It, they're not centered in the 1950s. I don't think that a show like that would really hit home anymore. I don't think you could put that on TV at this point. Um, but it did take. It's a reimagining of that universe, Matt. I know that you're you like Elseworld, Elseworlds tales and remixing and reimagining of things that you know. Yeah, this is true. this is Archie in the town of Twin Peaks. See, I I don't even I don't like that summation of what this is because I don't think this this is as weird as Twin Peaks. Well, Ian, and Twin did, Peaks is fucking crazy. Yeah, and this is just sort of like I just can't think of another like it's a murder mystery kind of thing. It, yeah. Well, Archie Ian, did world. you get the Mark Wade Fiona Staples Archie reboot? Yeah, yeah. You got I did the get first that. the first issue, right? I got the first three, and now granted, I'm not an Archie fan. I've Feel Matt, you might have read more Archie comics than I have. Well, I may but maybe have, I'm wrong. But, but well, I need to quit being before. referred to as some kind of Archie expert. I am not. Matt's am, our resident Archie expert. Matt, I like to tell my other friends. I have this friend that's an archaeologist. <laughs> His name is Matthew R. Casal. <laughs> Matthew, oh yeah, he's a our that resident, resident archaeologist. A resident what? archaeologist. That is my middle initial. Matthew yeah, Park. I know. We've been doing this long enough. I okay. know your middle initials. Well, I don't know your middle name. Are you, are you fucking kidding me? Is it Brian? Paul Michael, how dare you? Is it Michael for real? Michael. Are you fucking kidding how me? How fucking long have I known this kid? I don't... How the fuck Matt, do I know? Oh. You didn't know my middle name? Oh, wait, you know what? Yeah, here, let me give you your license back. I've studied it for long enough now. I've known your middle name? Well, I don't know I know your... You. Do you know my birthday? May 25th. Holy fuck. You are the worst. 15th. Close. No, you're getting worse. 23rd. 23rd, of course. When's mine? October 2nd. No, it's not. It absolutely is. All right, it is. You got me. Jesus Christ. It's well, this best is- friend showdown here on the Mix Us comic book <laughs> I podcast. Like, what, what was that show? Monday, Monday, Monday. To, couples would sit together and you'd have to write your answer down. What was well, that? This is, the, was that the, the dating new, game or the, the newlywed new game? This is it's this the is, newly friend game. The newly friend game. Information like my middle name and birthday or would need sacrifice for Matt to keep all those Archie facts <laughs> in his head. He can't be the resident archaeologist. Yeah. I, I don't Without know why facts. I don't know why I feel like you are a authority on all things Archie. Maybe it's just be, you. I, you you've you, read you've read Ian. You've read three issues of Archie. Right, right. I've right, read right. one. Matt's read about six thousand, six thousand. <laughs> I was going to leave it at six. <laughs> so I mean, like I'm not tied into the history or continuity of all the old Archie. You know what books. though? There's there's a really strong uh distinction with these characters, particularly like with their looks. Mm-hmm. I felt like the only one they were actually getting pretty right, aside from his twenty years too oldness <laughs> and his face was Archie. 
Do we really feel, like I felt in the trailers or the previews that his hair looked dyed red, whereas when I was watching the actual yeah. TV show, it looked like sure. It's it's a little dyed, but it looked more natural than the weird like neon glow that it had in the yeah, trailer. It, it, it looked a lot better in the actual show. Yeah. So Matt, you yeah. didn't you thought Archie's the only one that looked like his comic counterpart? Yeah. Because I kind of felt the opposite. Because I felt like he, you know, when they threw the the Riverdale like football Letterman jacket on him and everything, and w- when you saw the shot of him walking away from the camera and you see his red hair like kind of walking down the hallway the way the light was hitting it i was like yeah that looks like fucking archie that's cool like he's about the right like height and everything and i was like yeah that's from the back right down the hallway right that's how bad they were at like kind of encapsulating the visual essence of these characters betty being um like just um her face just didn't work for me uh, and and Veronica, well, I think I think that's an objectivity that true. Maybe true. Maybe you can look past. See, I, I thought always, Betty. I thought every. I thought Betty worked. Sensible dress, blonde ponytail. You can't help what her face looks like. She didn't have the um, the all American quality to really? me that I would have pictured in I, my head. Like there, there was not a, to be devil's advocate, but she kind of did. To me, she lacked it significantly. But in spite of that, I didn't like the chemistry between Veronica and Betty. I felt like that was lacking. First of all, I hated that there was a foot difference between the two of them. That annoyed me. Because that Veronica was it'll biddle? Yeah, Veronica, if anything, is going to be taller than Betty. But... Um, <laughs> Archaeologist I, over here. I am. We don't know, Ian. Six issues. I, is is height like a prominent feature in the Archie comic books? Because well, you mentioned this is the second character that you've mentioned their height. You mentioned it with Archie being a certain yeah, height well, and if, stature. If, okay, and, let's say Archie was taller than like the big jocks that they showed uh, as he's walking down the hall. I would feel like uh, he's too big. He shouldn't be like bigger than like the the meathead guys, right? It seemed like he was proportionately right. Uh, yeah, that counts. In, in the world of comics, whether it's superheroes or Archie, you do have a certain kind of like established look. Take Wolverine, for example. I still cringe when I see Hugh Jackman towering over everyone as Wolverine. That still right. bothers me. Wolverine is like five feet tall. I don't know much about the Betty Veronica dynamic other than honestly, hot. What do you like better, Archie? Hot blonde, right? Hot brunette, exactly. I mean, that's that's exactly it, though. Surface level. That's right. all I know. But but that should be what it comes down to. Not do you like the the tall, like hot blonde, or do you like the shorter, like brunette? <sighs> like I feel like they need to be yin and yang of like two sides of the same coin. I don't think that the height was that big of a difference. They're standing uh, together a foot doing difference. They're standing together doing that. They're they were. On par enough to kiss each other during their cheerleader tryout. Yeah, and I think the one I think Veronica had to stand on the, the shoulders of one of the cheerleaders to do it. They were gonna do an oral sex scene because Veronica wouldn't even have to like duck down to do it. OCW, damn you! I wish this was an HBO Archie show. Anyway, so we can move on in the podcast. Let's let's quickly go around and. And and maybe give Archie a review, or I'm sorry, Riverdale a review. Paul, well, why don't you start? Uh, the the one thing this this did make me long for, and uh, you know these kinds of shows have, they've done well for whatever networks they've been on. So you know the formula is not going to change, but I would love to see someone try to do a show like this with appropriate age casting. Well, you're never going to get that because no show on earth appropriately age casts. Well, Paul brought up the point earlier. Um, Freaks and Geeks was pretty good in terms of that. Maybe not with the older kids, but the younger kids were legitimately of age. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know why. Why exactly it is? Why but, are we going back 15 years to pull out the one example, the one time? Yeah, but I'd, back, like, it's, laugh. 
it's like I can I can watch. What about what about Stranger Things? Sorry to interrupt, Paul. That, what about Stranger was, Things? Yeah, that was accurate. And that was the one. That and I it's was pretty thinking. current too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, now zip your lips. I get I get the way these shows work. I watch enough of them that you know it's not an adjustment for me to have to shift my brain into gear where uh, teen drama where, initiated where a 35 year old is playing a 15 year old well let's be fair we looked it up and and Archie the dude that plays him KJ Appa KJ Appa worst initials awkward, awkward initials they don't flow AJ JK yeah sure but KJ KJ's not in charge of KJ. his naming well he? couldn't he just go by Kenneth or like Kieran, because I'm sure it's Kieran or something. Some millennial name. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure it's not Kenneth. He, he looks 35, 19 years old. We looked it up. He's 19. I, yeah, but dude looks dude looks so old. And like, and th- that's the most jarring thing for me. Like everyone else, yeah, you know, I'm like, all right, I'll uh, in in this ta- in this style of uh, you know television storytelling, I I'll buy all of you for high schoolers because that's what happens with dude that plays Archie like he looks as old as Luke Perry who <laughs> plays his dad they were they were old war buddies what? whenever they were on screen together <laughs> <laughs> they fought in desert storm yeah um, well, a lot of lines on Luke Perry's face by the way a lot of lines yeah Luke but I mean Perry how looks, old is Luke Perry I don't know I think he's hey, nice to see nice to see him getting work though he looks like a Rob Liefeld face the way uh, there are lines all Luke over Luke Perry that face. was 35 whenever he was playing Dylan on 90210 <laughs> he was uh, the originator of this shit KJ Appa uh, his initials stand for Kennedy James Kennedy. Uh, That's even worse than Kieran. Leaning into his New Zealand heritage. Oh, he's a he's a Kiwi. He's a Kiwi, eh? Yeah. So can't can't hate on Kennedy James, but how, like just be Kennedy Appa. How many fucking Kennedy hey, Appas are you gonna are you gonna run into in the acting world? You got this kid. Come maybe, on. Maybe maybe he's Kennedy Jr. Maybe maybe his, his family dad. had uh, his, yeah, his dad's the original. His Kennedy. dad's long history of playing teenagers on television <laughs> everyone everyone else like uh, i'm in like was you know, it they really know. like was it jarring Did, were you like oh holy shit he's so fucking old or uh, were you just like oh that guy kind of looks a little old no the entire like the entire time Get every time he was on setting. screen come on don't no. give me that don't give me that eye roll head shake i am the resident expert of these types of television shows. You, you really are, because coming in today, tonight, I was like, all right, I'm going to try to defend this shit. And I was like, all right, teen dramas. I like teen drama, don't I? And I looked it up, and I was like, I don't like any of these things. Yeah, I like all of those fucking dish this things. over to Paul. And, like, most of the time, like, yeah. you there's There's a suspension of disbelief with all of these actors. But with... KJ Appa, it's fucking tough. I don't know if it's the seven o'clock shadow or that jawline <laughs> or those big eyebrows, but every time I see him, I can't help thinking, you're so old. Yeah, the <laughs> one right, so scene he was Paul, walking by and he dropped his AARP card right out of his wallet, and I was like, ah, shit. I was, I was like, did I play Little League with you? What do you He was my coach 10? in Little League. Uh... Are we doing one through ten for fucking TV shows now? Yeah, that's what Matt just fucking said, asshole. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> well, it wasn't really, like, it, it was uh, hypothetical. Like, um, Really? I, Ian, would you prefer not to? No, we can. <laughs> can I Can I give it, can I give it the, uh... No, asshole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, can I give it two different grades for uh, teen drama and adaptation? Or do I just have to you, give a one you grade? You know what? You're the creator of Polynomics. You're the trailblazer of how we rank these things. Do whatever you feels right. I'm gonna I'm gonna give it I'm gonna give it two because two feels right because it feels like such a a disparate show between the two the two <clears throat> potential grades. Like because as as an Archie adaptation it gets like a one. Like I mean, it's not even close. Like by like name and hair color only. And isn't Kevin Keller's hair red 
in that fucking comic? I thought he was blonde. Yeah, well, he was he's blonde. brunette in the series. So fail. So, like, yeah, like, bad, bad adaptation. But as far as, you know, intriguing teen drama goes, give it a seven. It's pretty solid. They hit all the, hit so all the right marks. You take, take the average between the two and throw a grade on it? Oh, I give it a, a four? I guess a four, yeah. Yeah. I like that we have to do math on this goddamn show now. Polynomics, jeez. Polynomics are Ian, why don't bitch. you give it a... Agreed. Um, yeah, I, I also don't think that it was, um, it wasn't trying to be a straight adaptation. I don't, I, I don't think that that would work. Like I mentioned before, um, but for a, so I'll also give it a two. But for a, an entertaining show, I was entertained by it. I thought it was intriguing enough, and especially if you take into account that this was the pilot of a show, and usually the pilot hit hit and miss. Usually not all that great. Yeah. And I was pretty entertained with not only yeah. what they were trying to do with the characters, but also the the general style of the show, I think, was a little higher than what the CW normally offers. Um, maybe I'm just a sucker for that dark neon color palette that they had. I really fucking like that. I thought it was cool looking. Mm-hmm. So I'll give it as an entertaining show, one that I'll come back and watch. I'll give it a six, man. Like I'm definitely going to watch the rest of this series. And like I just mentioned, I was trying desperately to find other things that I could stack my my brittle argument up against. And I, I don't like these kind of shows. I don't like Gossip Girl. <clears throat> I don't like The O.C. I don't like anything on Freeform. Oh, did I love The O.C. I know you did. I don't like those Watched things. Watched every episode when it aired, start to finish. But I, I, I really enjoyed this. And I think that there's enough pieces to... The Archie lore that they're putting in there, they, you know, he's playing football, but he has his heart in music. I think that's an interesting character trait that they're pushing. Mr. Weatherby's name was dropped. I think that's that was the name. So um, I'm at least interested enough to give this a, a DVR record series well, think, and to keep checking. I in think on what it. it has what it has going for it is um, Roberto Aguirre Sacasa. Roberto. is a um, executive producer on the show. He's kind of, kind of the showrunner for it. And he also is involved in the Archie comics quite a bit. So they kind of have like the Jeff Johns of the Archie world like steering the ship even though it's a much different kind of ship. It's also a Greg Berlanti production. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, you... Well, CW's just throwing money at Berlanti. Wouldn't you, though? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Exactly the kind of shows that your demographic likes. So, Matt? Yeah, I kind of agree with you. I think that visually it was pretty good. You know, the color palette was good. The cinematography was better than what you would expect off the CW. Yeah. One thing real quick. I, I also like the sort of like retro that to go in with the cinematography. Yeah. And I like that they held on to some retro elements. So you sort of didn't know where Riverdale was. Is it, it like it, it clearly isn't in the fifties, but holy shit, did they have a lot of old cars and a lot of their buildings kind of looked old and they're the Riverdale uniforms, their their cheerleading and football uniforms had a classic aesthetic to it that yep. I thought was cool. Sorry to interrupt, but I, I just remember no, that. No, you're that. right. Uh, there were a lot of things that kind of, kind of disguised when this is supposed to take place. I don't... I don't know. I mean, I I guess it's modern with like touches of kind of vintage type things, you know, like even going to the diner. I don't know if it's like a famous diner in the Archie world that they I always imagine. Go to. So pops, right? Pops. Like it feels, pops. Uh, yeah, yeah, it feels like it would be. Um, I I don't know. I those are the things that worked. I felt like the casting was just off severely. Uh, the teen drama aspect of it was nothing I'd ever be interested in. Uh, it was really not an entertaining watch for me. Uh, it just looked kind of cool, and I liked seeing some of the parallels, but I was so let down with the other ones that I expected, like in who the char- you know, who the, the actors and actresses were. I expected them to look more like I wanted them to. Um, I'd probably give it a two. Two there, for there wasn't. general adaption and two for like, 
uh, rewatchability as well. Yeah, I, I, I won't watch any more yeah. of the series. Uh, I don't think it's very good. Um, it, it's in no way the Archie I expected or would want. Uh, I think they would be way better suited to um, to give you that kind of ensemble cast, but keep things a lot more PG, but yet humorous. I look to, I really think Ed, the show Ed that I've talked about before is the perfect example of how to probably handle Archie. Uh, it was done with heart. It was done with uh, quality acting, like across the board, likable characters. Like, did people forget that likable characters make you want to fucking come back and watch more and more? Like, why does everyone have to be despicable all the time? Did you dislike Archie? I don't think that Archie did anything that was terrible. Paul, did he do anything that was terrible? Not in my book. his teacher. Well, not I mean, in my, also, not, not he, in my book. Yeah, I made out with uh, Veronica. Thumbs up. Se- with, seven <clears throat> minutes in heaven. What teenager hasn't? He didn't finger bang her. He just no, he had said a little, for the teacher. little kissy kissy in that teacher. Young love. Well, in that case, then do? he failed. Seven minutes in heaven. So you're like, right. You're right, Matt. I think this is a moral Failure. discussion then because I don't feel like any of those things that he did were horribly despicable things. At the dance, he comes up to her and he's like, hey... I just want to work with you. Let's do this thing together. It's just going to be this, like no physical involvement. Like, and yeah, I, but, I felt that from him. But in relation to I, who Archie is at the character's core from the source material, Archie doesn't fuck his teacher over the summer. He just fucking doesn't. Right, but we're dealing with especially this new char- not freshman going into sophomore year. We're talking a fifteen-year-old. I thought he was. I no, they're was... going into sophomore year. No, no, the they are in starts. sophomore year. Yeah, so you're right. So yeah, then he right. would. That's be what I said. They're going into sophomore, into sophomore year. Yeah, he when would the be show 15 years old when he bangs that teacher. Fucking stud. Fuck yes. I'm, I'm not seeing a problem. What was the What was the question? <laughs> anyway, uh, it, the bottom line is, I didn't think it was. I especially thought the dialogue was cringeworthy bad. Uh, and it, it was just really tough for me to get into. They threw a lot of hip or wanting to be hip things into the dialogue. I felt like the dialogue was trying to sound really intelligent, but it was coming yeah. off as... I, maybe it would be better if it was delivered better, but it the, with the people that were delivering these lines, it felt like they were fucking so memorized or being read off cue cards. It was, it was tough for me. I was like, ugh. the one that Next. jumped out to me was when Veronica hits Archie with something like, uh, Hey teen outlander and outlander is not really the most popular show yeah. on earth. Yeah. Like, so it seemed like a super deep cut that, yeah, there were a couple real deep cuts. In, Maybe we're in, just in old and those aren't deep cuts, though. Oh, uh, no. Well, I don't know. Outlander's Outlander's no Game of Thrones, but we know what Outlander is. Yeah, I, I knew what they, yeah. <clears throat> Matt, do you know what Outlander is? Is it that romance book series? It's a, no, not, it's a TV show. Of course, he doesn't know what it is. Was it based on a book series? I don't it, know. It may be. Oh, I don't want to. travel, like, that's, oh, that is maybe correct. that is based on. Oh, oh, zinger. Matt got us. From the depths of the Archie archives. <laughs> <laughs> the archives. The Archsonian. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, is there this anything This belongs else? in a museum. <laughs> is there anything else we want to talk about tonight? There oh. was. I wanted to make one more point about this fucking Archie. Oh, go for this it. This fucking Archie show. But I forget what the fuck it was. Oh, we'll do it on Twitter. Was it something superficial, like the way they looked? That seems like you're was it their uh, good height? too. Was it, the, was it their height? Was it the was it the music they were listening to? Was it no, no, Jughead? I don't, I don't, I don't know. Well, was it, um, closing thought: Like, uh, is Josie from Josie and the Pussycat supposed to be such a cunt? I like. I thought she was a f- happy, friendly character, but she was a fucking bitch. She was a bitch. I don't think so, but I, I don't, they're not going for yeah, I don't character think portraits here. Hunts in the Archie comics. I feel like as, as shows like this go, and I, I think this was the point I was trying to make, um, they try to they try to leave everyone, a, a lot of the characters, a little ambiguous, so you don't really know 
who did it. Who killed the Blossom twin? Yeah. Are you saying that Josie of Josie and the Pussycats did it? Is that your call? Yeah, you know, I, I feel like the way they set it up, you can pretty much rule Betty out because Betty's painted as, you know, th- even though Matt disagrees, like the all-American good girl. But, you know, everyone else, everyone's got a little bit of a sort of past. Even Jughead, he's the loner, used to be friends with Archie. They're not friends anymore. We don't know why. Because Archie lied about his age. <laughs> oh, yeah, because Archie's like fucking 47. So, uh, Ian and I are going to give Archie another try. Matt's out. Yeah, you said, uh, you know, who done it? I say, who cares? Yeah, <laughs> who cares? <laughs> Uh, that's going to do it for us tonight. My name is Paul McGinty. Ian Sharpley. And I'm Archie Casal. We'll see you next time. Bye.